2: to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively To the music of pro wrestling, it's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm the Barbarian, Andrew Rich. Joining me, as always, on this Muscular Mystery Tour, my good friend and partner, the Score Lord, Chris Maffei. Together, we are your hosts, the Power Chords of Pain. And Chris, before we delve into things here, I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who listened to our Metallica episode. We got a lot of great feedback on it, which is always nice to hear. And we got a lot of listens too. We don't normally, you know, give the numbers out for our episodes, but it's our most listened to episode in a long while. And I know we were both very enthusiastic about it during the recording and afterwards. So to see it do so well and to see it be received so well is very rewarding to say the least. So The Listeners, thank you so much.
2: Yes, absolutely. A lot of time and a lot of love went into it. So we really appreciate everyone who had kind words to say about it and everyone who enjoyed it. So thank you very much.
1: Today, we are joined by a very special guest co-host. You can hear him as one of the hosts of Open the Voice Gate, the Dragon Gate podcast that is also part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Coming to us live via the magic of the interwebs from Japan, it's Milo Martinez. Milo, welcome to the podcast.
3: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Well, thank you for coming on.
3: I wanted to be on here, was uh, extremely jealous of John when they made it. <laughs> like- so what about little old me? No, I'm kidding. The episode that you did was John. I thought was really, really awesome and extremely funny too. Which um, I listened to it while doing like waiting in line for some like paperwork, and I think people thought I was crazy. But you know, when do people not think I'm crazy?
1: <laughs> well, well, thank you for agreeing to come on our show, especially since the time difference is always a bit rough. People living in such drastically different locations. I know with with JoJo, Remy, that episode it was kind of a, a hassle to get our schedules lined up. So, thank you. I know it's it's morning there. It's it's nighttime for us. So, uh, thanks for, you know, managing to find a way to work around our busy schedules here.
3: We are 13 hours, right? Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah. Before we start, uh, Milo, do you want to just give the listeners a very brief summation of your own history with Dragon Gate fandom? Uh, how you started and all that stuff.
3: It's funny. I was talking, I I, I feel like I talked about this a lot recently because I talked about it with Jojo. And I think I talked about it on the latest episode of open the voice gate that I'm a fairly new wrestling fan compared to a lot of you guys compared to John and Mike and even previously case um, who is younger than me, but has been watching for a lot longer than I have. And I, Don't really like to talk about it that much because I feel like wrestling fandom is um, a place where your worth is kind of based on how much history you've lived through, right? So I don't really like to talk about being a newer fan so much because it's always like, oh you know he's only been watching for x amount of time, that means he doesn't know as much as we do or whatever. I started watching Dragon Gate in late 2015, so about two years. It's been about two years now and one of the first matches I saw, since this is thematic of this episode, one of the first matches that I saw was Jimmy's versus Matt Blanky. Mm. Oh! I feel like it was a pretty uh, intense introduction to the promotion.
1: Was that the Jimmy's Matt Blanky match where Kines turned? Is that the one? Yes, the
3: losing unit disbands match. I see. Yes, I still love it so much. So yeah, it's been um, it's been a pretty wild ride for with me and Dragon Gate. I feel like recently I've been. <laughs> very 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 critical of it but it's uh it's a promotion that i feel does what it does better than anyone and you know it's um something that's so self-contained right dragon gate it's a promotion that doesn't that they don't work with other promotions that much they don't really send their guys elsewhere they don't really receive people from outside so it's been interesting to see how they work with such a tight roster when every other promotion can kind of um, bring people in and out as they please, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the history. my history with Dragon Gate is, uh, I feel pretty mundane. I just discovered the promotion <laughs> and then I watched like 15 years of it. In- <laughs>
1: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough.
4: Because <laughs> that's what I do.
1: <laughs> Today uh, is episode 19 and um, as far as Dragon Gate goes, we're here to talk about, you know, the jimmies. We are here to pay our respects and, and mourn the loss in our own special way to the jimmies which is, or was, I should say, the longest-running unit in Dragon Gate history and the second-longest unit in Dragon Gate's system history. First um,
3: Crazy Max. Right? Yes,
1: Crazy Max is number one. They're the longest in the uh, Dragon system history. Jimmy's number two overall. And uh, they lasted from March 3rd, 2012 to September 18th, 2017. And the reason they had to split up, no infighting, no crazy angles. It's just they lost a unit-to-span match against Berserk, Another Dragon Gate unit. If you haven't done so, go read Michael Spears' excellent article about the Jimmies that was just put up recently, available on voicesofwrestling.com. He goes into a lot of great detail and time about the history of the Jimmies, why they were important, the different members. It's been documented on this podcast before that my own knowledge of the intricacies of Dragon Gate are a little limited because I don't really follow it. I know who the wrestlers are. I know their names, what they look like. I've seen matches of theirs. It's just not on my, you know, regular schedule. I want to. It's just a matter of, of time and, you know, accessibility to content. But um, from what I've read over the years, from the various clips I've seen, from the you know, various GIFs I've seen, I can tell that the Jimmys were an extremely beloved stable by their fans. And because I don't follow Dragon Gate, I don't have that, you know, personal connection to the jimmies that personal you know that deep emotional connection to the jimmies that other people would have but you know knowing you chris knowing you milo i'm sure you guys had you did have that with the jimmies milo you're our guest we'll start with you what do the jimmies mean to you and if you can please don't cry, please. <laughs> it's very emotional, I know, but please hold your tears as, as best okay. as you can.
3: It's going to get gay up in here. <laughs> no, like I, just like I said, um, so the Jimmies were involved in one of the first Dragon Gate matches I ever saw. So that losing unit to Spans match with Matt Blankey and so not only was it bad, but it was also a match that was very important for them as a unit because it's when they gained Kines and, you know, reunited Kineska. So they were favorites basically from the get-go. There hasn't really been a time for me in my Dragon Gate fandom where I was a little lukewarm on the jimmies or I didn't care about the jimmies or I, would, I didn't like the jimmies. Because of my introduction to them, they were always one of my favorite units. They were always people that I really enjoyed watching and they're so likable as individuals as well that it's really what really what draws you. I mean, I think it's the appeal of the stable. I think it's why they existed in the first place that they're just so likable and so personable and they're just kind of the everyday guys. And I really always liked that about them when you had other units that were maybe flashier or that you felt maybe brought more to the table. The Jimmys were a cornerstone they were a unit that you could always count on to put on you know you wanted a, a fun six man you you could get it with the jimmies you wanted an intense two on two tag match you could get it with the jimmies you could pick any one of them and they have amazing they have have. they're, they're still wrestling and they i'm acting like they're all dead yeah
1: the- <laughs> Yeah, they're they're all fine. They're all fine. It's just that they just split up. That's all. That all it is. Yeah.
3: Like I was gonna say, you could pick any one of them and also uh, have a, a strong individual wrestler. For me, they were just an extremely well-rounded unit. So likable, so great to have around in Dragon Gate when things got a little too crazy or when things got a little dull. I feel like the Jimmys always had that one-two punch that could get things going. And you can see it with stuff like, you know, Susumu's Dreamgate reign in early 2016, or with Kadetora finally getting the Bravegate, or Kadetora and Susumu's Twingate reign, which was amazing, or, you know, their rivalries with uh, Ma- their rivalry with Maximum was so great, and it really, really helped kickstart Maximum. So, yeah, for me, when I think of the Jimmys and their, their five-year tenure in Dragon Gate, I really think of Cornerstones, As much as the individual members being historic members of the Dragon Gate roster are cornerstones, the Jimmies as a unit were also a cornerstone. And I feel like we lost something very important. And I don't know if it's ever going to be, not only if it's ever going to be the same again, but I don't think they're ever going to be able to replicate something like that. Even if they try to make another veteran unit or something with the same kind of concept. You know, the Jimmies were so unique, they lasted for so long that, It's never really going to be the
2: same. Yeah, it'd be real hard to recapture that magic, I think. And I think cornerstone is is a great word. I forgot who said it, but there was a sentiment on the last Open the Voice gate that, you know, whatever was going on, whatever unit shenanigans were going on at any given time, at least there were the jimmies. At least that was always there and you could always look to them the jimmies to me were everything that is good about dragon gate and everything that is good about just pro wrestling in general i think that's what the jimmies represented to me when i first got into dragon gate in 2014 when i first really started following it regularly because i i'd been familiar with it through roh and things like that in the early 2000s but when i really started to watch it the jimmies were something that immediately jumped out to me not only them as wrestlers but the music too which is such a big part of why i i gravitate towards certain wrestlers and certain units their music for me just said so much about them and and we're going to get into all that but i really have a soft spot in my heart for the jimmies they're probably always going to be my favorite unit in wrestling and i really miss them
3: See, I'm not the one who's going to cry. <laughs> I can't remember who said that on Open the Voice Gate. Honestly, it could have been any one of us because we were very emotional that day. But it's true that the Jimmies were really kind of a, a fixed point because we, we went through all the units that existed and of and the units that, that disbanded during the existence of the Jimmies, and there were so many. Millennials, Dear Hearts, Monster Express, they all ex- existed and died during the lifespan of the Jimmies. And... Those were very turbulent times, but the jimmies were always there.
1: Here's my thing with the jimmies. I read in Michael's article about how the group came together. So basically what happened was Susumu Yokosuka and Kaketora lost a match and their opponents, Akira Tozawa and BB Hulk from the Blood Warriors unit, they said, you know what, you guys are losers. You're plain. You're boring. We hate the way you dress. We hate you. Because we won the match, we get to give you guys new names. So we're going to give you guys new names that reflects all that we hate about you. And that new name became Jimmy, because in Japanese, the word Jimmy means plane. So they became Jimmy Susumu and Jimmy Kekatora. And then a few weeks later, Blood Warriors kicked out Genki Horiguchi, Ryo Saito, Yasushi Kanda, because they thought they were dead weight. And those three guys decided to team up with Susumu and Kekatora and adopt the name Jimmy in solidarity. So they became Jimmy Kanda... Ryo Jimmy Saito and Genki Horiguchi H-A-G-Me which is a pretty clever pun if I do say so. So that's how the Jimmys came together. They were a bunch of outsiders, uh, cast-offs, uh, misfit toys, if you will. They had nowhere else to go. And I think all of us, you know, myself, Milo, Chris, the listeners, all of us at some point in our lives in some form or fashion have felt like outsiders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I completely understand how people can look at the jimmies and find them to be so endearing and so lovable because you just want this group of guys who are misfits and downtrodden and don't have anywhere else to go you want them to succeed and you want them to be good friends and to stay together and be happy and thrive like all of us you know they're a very they're a very relatable group so uh, with all that said let's get to the episode at hand the structure of the episode is pretty simple we're going to do the themes of the jimmies first the unit themes than the individual themes. Most of these themes, by the way, you can find them on the uh, album Dragon Gate official soundtrack, Jimmy's Train 2015. There are a couple songs that are not on this album that you can get elsewhere. We'll name the albums that they're on in due course. So if you have the means, check those albums out for all your Jimmy's needs. And we'll start with the main unit theme, the one that Dragon Gate fans have come to know and love. It's by Mick Ariki, and it's called Jimmy Knee Satisfaction.
4: One, two... 1 2 three four
1: I've heard a lot of themes over the years. Some good themes, some bad themes, some light, some heavy. This theme might be one of the happiest songs that I've ever heard. It's so upbeat and fun and energetic. You got the oi 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 chances there as well. Those were a lot of fun. It just It's just a good time. Even the way the lead singer sings the song, I can practically hear the smile on his face. As he's singing it. it It's so So upbeat So positive That energy It's so infectious You can't help but Sing along and smile as well it, It's like It's like Dragon Gate's version of a, of a Ramones song Yeah It's so fantastic And like so punk and upbeat and very energetic, it's it's so great. What what about you, Milo, your thoughts on the the Jimmy's theme?
3: The thing about this song is that if you're a Dragon Gate, like, and when I say if you're a Dragon Gate fan, I don't mean like you you don't have to be a hardcore fan, but if you're a Dragon Gate fan, if you're someone who somehow follows Dragon Gate in any capacity, you hear that song, you know you're about to have a good time. That's basically how I always felt about it. Is that I knew that even if I was unhappy, even if I was down, even if I, you know, had a, a bad night the the, the the day before, I knew if I heard that song I was about to be able to forget my problems for a little while, just um, enjoy the Jimmies and their joyful presence and it's really a song that whenever I hear it now, even when I'm like listening to it on my phone, walking down the street, it makes me happy. It's a very simple thing, it just makes me happy.
2: Yeah, this is, if there's ever a wrestling theme that's gonna make you happy, it's this one. You know, as soon as you hear the, one, two, one, two, three, I mean, you know know you're in for a good time, like Milo said. The word that just comes to my mind when I hear this theme or think about it is just delightful. I mean, that's you can use that word to describe the Jimmy's as a whole, but it's just so delightful. Much like the UN itself, I think that this song is everything that's that's great about Dragon Gate, and it sets the mood that you know it's about to be a good time, and it establishes so much within just the first few bars of it. We know immediately who it is. We know what they're about. We know that they, they're going to have a good time, and we also know that they're proud to be jimmies which is the main thing about the jimmies is that they're so proud to be who they are where they could so easily just reject it or 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 just not want to be themselves and struggle with that they own it they're proud to be jimmies and they put that right on front street right in the beginning of the song and I think that's that's key to why the song is so great, because they're having fun, we're having fun, and everyone is, is just totally into it. It's catchy, it's hooky, it's fun. It's also just so memorable. Yeah. You can come away from your first Dragon Gate show, and you'll remember this theme, I guarantee it. If there's one thing you remember from the entire show, it will probably be this theme.
1: That line, we are jimmies, it's pretty hard to miss. You know, it just repeated over and over and over again, which on the one hand, it's a fun line to sing along with. But on the other hand, like you said, Chris, it really, you know, embodies the spirit of the jimmies themselves. Because being a jimmy was supposed to be an insult originally to Susumu and Kakatora. But the repetition of the line... And the enthusiastic delivery of the line suggests that there's no shame in being a Jimmy. Being a Jimmy is great, and we're proud of it. And that's what happened with the group in real life. So having the line repeated over and over again reinforces the positive babyface outlook of the group. Even the title of the song, Jimmy Knee Satisfaction, implies that they are satisfied and content with being Jimmy's.
2: I also think that having something like oi 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 (laughs) for crowd participation is another just added fun element. The crowd can get into it and it just creates a party-like atmosphere and a really fun atmosphere. And who wouldn't want to be there and hear this song live? Who wouldn't want to be there experience that? So for that, in terms of a unit theme song, I think this nails it on, on every level. And you got a nice little guitar solo in there too. Now,
1: there are some alternate versions of the Jimmy's theme. The first one we'll bring up is the Genki Horaguchi H.A. Jimmy vocal mix.
0: One, two, one, two, three, four. We are Jimmy. H.A. Jimmy.
1: Say what you will about Genki Horiguchi, but that man is not half bad when it comes to belting out a tune. (laughs) He he can hold his own when it comes to the microphone. He's got the energy down pat, that's for sure. Of course, it wouldn't be a Genki Horiguchi song without a little H-A-G-Me chant, which is thrown in there for good measure. Of course, the notable alteration with this song as well is the line, We Are Jimmy's. They uh, sing not just that, but Genki sings, "We are Jimmys, you are Jimmys, we are Jimmys, you are Jimmys," which you know, talk about you know the connection between the Jimmys and the fans. There you go, you know, a group that's all about you know inclusivity and being together and being proud and one. What better way to emphasize that than to bring the fans into the theme and say, "If you're like us, if you don't fit in, the doors are open. You're a Jimmy too." Milo, your thoughts on the Genki theme?
3: Uh, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like it because, I mean, if there's anyone who emphasizes and personifies everything that it means to be a Genki, it's Genki. He's just such a fun and original character and he's always been like as a heel he's fucking crazy he looks like like you know the expression like like a bat out of hell yes he looks like the bat (laughs) he's a heel he's the bat that just came out of hell but it's what i love about him you know and as a as a face he's just so he's so funny he has the best facial expressions but you know he's that quirky guy that you know if To to go with a running theme on Voices of Wrestling, if Dragon Gate was a high school, (laughs) Genki would be the drama club leader that all the bullies pick on, Oh, but he's proud Mm. of who
2: he is.
3: He is Genki Horiguchi, and there's nothing you can do about it.
2: (laughs) Genki Horiguchi is a fucking treasure.
3: He is.
4: He really
2: is. He's a treasure, and I mean, so is this version. Tell me that when you're expecting the Jimmy Steam, but this version comes on, that the smirk doesn't get even bigger <laughs> when you're watching a show. Thank you, Bruce. He really does. And you know what? My girlfriend and I are convinced that he is the higher power responsible for bringing us together, because <laughs> so we met while live-tweeting a Dragon Gate show, so... If there's anyone in this world who is responsible for that, I think Genki is using some sort of magical powers to have brought us together. So for that, I'm eternally grateful. Genki Horoguchi, arigatou
3: gozaimasu. (laughs) You're maybe onto something here.
2: I think that gif of Genki
1: clapping (laughs) with a smile on his face, it's enough to cure the world, I think, (laughs) if if used properly.
2: The one where they cut cameras on him laughing?
1: (laughs) One shot, not enough. Got to get two shots in there for Genki. The other alternate version of the Jimmy's theme technically speaking isn't even a jimmy theme it's for the sumos which was when don fuji i am don fuji goodbye when don fuji teamed up with the jimmies they changed their name to the sumos because don fuji used to be known as sumo fuji so let's hear the sumos version of jimmy knee satisfaction
0: We We We
1: So it's it's literally the same song. Same enthusiasm, same energy, same structure. They just made some minor tweaks to it, like changing the word Jimmy to sumo, uh changing oi-oi oi to tostoy, tostoy and adding a little hand drumming there to the the opening. Which, to be honest, this whole sumo song affair, it's totally a Jimmy's thing to do. Because Jimmy's, yes, they're endearing, they're lovable, they're also very silly, and they're very goofy. You don't see a lot of, you know, serious units, you know, using a giant rubber band attack on people, you know? So becoming the sumos, and changing their theme to reflect that, and letting Genki sing as well, on, on the previous version and all that fun stuff, it's a very apropos for the Jimmies.
3: Yeah, I know. I basically agree. I love. I really love the sumos. I kind of wish that they'd done a little bit more, even though you know they they still did quite a lot. They had the even sumos versus berserk as a series that was really fun.
2: Well, anything involving Don Fuji is immediately perfect and amazing. <laughs> that is anything that less, is a- any any description other than that for this song, I think is is inaccurate because Don Fuji is just he's. Genki Horiguchi is a treasure, but Don Fuji—he is—he is the treasure. Who doesn't love Don Fuji? And, you, and people who don't like Dragon Gate love Don Fuji. So that says—that says Everybody that says all, all you need to know. Everyone loves Don Fuji. Although I do think that there's a missed opportunity here. For instead of calling them the Sumos, call them the Fujis, ah, and then they yes. come out to a little—a little White a little John, a little Lauren Hill. Ready or
1: not, here <laughs> I come. Gonna find it. <laughs> You're onto something there, Chris. You're onto something.
2: Missed opportunities.
1: So those were the unit themes for the Jimmys. And now we'll get to the individual themes. We start with Susumu Yokosuka, aka Jimmy Susumu. This is by Hiroaki Sano, and it's called Yokosuka Liner. Right off the bat here, I hear that lovely, beautiful keyboard intro, which recurs throughout the song, and I immediately thought, what is this? I know this. I, I know this from somewhere, where? And then, after a little thinking, it hit me. Now you may know this reference, you may not, but i wanna buy you guys anyway. It's the same tune from the intro to Sweet Talkin' Woman by ELO. sound so similar to me, I had to bring it up, and they're, st- they're so lovely, I had to bring it up. And ELO comparisons aside, once the song kicks in, it's go time. And that's, that's an important distinction here with the singles themes of the Jimmy's. It's not all fun and wacky good times. There are some kick-ass guitars in here, some furious drumming too. It's a lot more serious and technically complex than the Jimmy's theme is. Which we'll see, again, over the course of the, of the episode. Milo, your uh, your Jimmy Susumo theme thoughts?
3: My Jimmy Susumo theme thoughts, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I really, th- when I think about it, there is not a single um, solo theme for the Jimmys that I don't like. And this one, I think, is so freaking epic. It's really like, when you try to imagine an epic theme song, that's what I think about. For me, it's right up there with high energy. Oh, mm. It's not even my favorite Jimmy's theme song, but it's so... I don't know how to. I don't even know how to describe it. I love hearing that song so much because it's like you said. It's go time. If the Jimmy's theme tells you that you're about to have a good time, Susumu's theme tells you that you're about to be blown away. I think. I. I mean, I'm a huge Susumu fan. Maybe like definitely one of the biggest I know, but. Um, I just think it's a a song that fits him very, very well. And um, especially during that little chunk of time in 2016 where he had, you know, that kind of Gold Watch reign with, uh, with the Dream Gate, I thought hearing that theme when he beat Shingo was honestly one of the best things ever.
2: When he beat Shingo, that moment, I can only describe it as euphoric. Yeah, absolutely. The visual, the music, and the moment, incredible. For many reasons on many levels. What a stunning piece of music. What a stunning wrestler, too. He The, the, the guy is incredible, a very beautiful man. That is, true, and, that is true. And the music is right there with him. The intro is as major key as you can get especially for a wrestling theme while still being completely metal and epic. I mean, that's across the board for the jimmies. You wouldn't know it by their unit theme, like Andrew said, but the jimmies are metal as fuck. Oh, yeah. All across the board. Oh, yeah,
1: there's a a lot of metal on this uh, list here. Speaking of epic, we have to bring up the big match version of this theme. We've had some big match themes on the podcast every now and then. So let's hear how this sounds and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Themes often have extended intros or different intros. This is no different. And I gotta say, talk about epic. This intro is fucking epic to the max. It's incredible. It starts off with that little warbly sound effect that. Then it goes into the piano melody. And I mean, you want to make something that's already great even more important and epic and prestigious? Step one add a choir. Oh, yes. I am a big choir guy. We all know this. Love the backup choir on this one. Also, you got those extra keyboards in there and the extra flourishes and the piano itself. Oh, baby, you you got a stew going, baby. It's wonderful. <laughs> so good. So so epic.
3: Yeah, I cannot top that. Like, I just can't. I can't top what you just said, even if I tried.
2: Everything I said for the for the original version basically times a thousand. I mean... Not only are the extra piano parts just completely beautiful, but I mean, me and Andrew, we love, we're a couple of choir boys here. We love choirs. Any, any time you're going to... Love it so much. They add so much. And, and who, who, that would give anyone goosebumps. I mean, you can't listen to that and not just feel moved in some way. It's triumphant. It's euphoric. It's amazing and anytime you get a big match theme, it's an extra special moment, and when it happens to be this one, it's everything that I love about wrestling just right there, in that moment. That's what I'm here for. All right, our next
1: Jimmy is Kness, aka Jimmy Kness JKS. His theme is by Yohei, featuring Masaaki Endo, and it's called Burst Out. (laughs) I <laughs> mean, this thing, forget the piano intros, forget any buildup. Kness has a straight-up rager of a theme from the get-go. You can find him in the club. <laughs> I feel like I should be taking E every time I hear it. You feel this like thing, you should be taking what? Uh, ec- ecstasy. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, th- Listen. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do, that. Uh, don't do it, of course, but still, th- this thing, the point stands, this theme is as ravey and frantic as you can get here, but but also still metal elements in there. Oh yes, guitars are in there. There's a blistering guitar solo in there near the end, which is fucking awesome. But that's all I have to say about this theme. It's fucking raging awesomeness. It's, it's so much fun.
3: You know, I find it like I don't I don't even know what the the what the, the proper words to use in this situation is, but I find it uh, an amazing coincidence in a way that you would describe a theme as ravey when it was written by a guy called Yohei.
2: <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it is a beautiful coincidence.
1: Can you uh, explain that one to me, please? As the... uh Pro! Oh, fucking Christ.
3: In, uh, current um, one half of the uh, Noah Jr. Titan Jam. Of
1: course! God damn me. Of course. I didn't make the connection. <laughs> the ravy bastard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I I really love him so much. All right, anyway. So, Kines, Um this, this is really a thing that I wish I could hear more. Cause you know, I mean, Kines is basically, like, he's, what, 45 years old and made of glass? <laughs> no, but really, Kines is, like, old. Yeah. Like, even by Jimmy standards. But yeah, he's, um, so he doesn't have a lot of single matches. You don't really get to hear this theme often, which I, I think is a, sh- a total shame, because it is a rager. Are we in the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> I mean I love it but I have to get on with the vocabulary.
2: It's rad. It's it is yes. it is
3: rad. It is radical. It is but yeah, but I mean, I love. K- I think I love Kness, not as much as Case loves him because I don't think that's possible. But he's really someone that I enjoy a lot. I mean, he's an original. He invented so much of the stuff that the young Dragon Gates guy do now. I mean, he sh- he deserves to get more singles matches. Also, so we could hear that theme. Yeah, it's uh, not a lost gem, but almost because it's probably the Jimmy's theme that you hear the least.
2: Yeah, I would say it is. I mean, I hear it a lot because I listen to Dragon Gate themes a lot. So it's always in my rotation. But it is weird whenever you hear it hit when you're watching a show and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, this this is possible. He can actually have a singles match. This is weird.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah. Or sometimes he wants to get the pin.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that too. Yeah.
3: Even,
2: even that's rare. So a, a rare treat. Exactly. But I mean, there, there's just something about like a trance. Type synth, a gated synth layered over some high gain guitars that will never not be cool to me so this theme is is right in my right in my wheelhouse. I will say very similar in its sound and its production to uh, Dragon Kid's theme. <gasps> It's a very very EDM sounding song, Mm -hmm. but it also has a lot of the heavy metal riffing going on
3: That's another connection you can make between the two then
2: Yeah, and that's so I've always really enjoyed that this song actually there's an early version of it a little bit more stripped down That's on uh, one of Yohei's EPs that he released called Existence But it's really cool to listen to earlier versions of this song that are a little bit more stripped down in terms of different synth patches and some different guitar tones, things like that. But the one the one that Kness is using now, I love it. I love the repeating vocal line that comes in around the halfway mark. I have no idea what it's saying, but that's never stopped me from singing along. Me neither, but <laughs> no. Yeah, I fuck, and, and that fucking scorcher of a solo, too. I mean, my God. Oh, so great.
1: Yeah, I am uh, maybe a little ashamed to admit this, but for the longest time, I referred to the... Former Darkness Dragon as Kines. And uh, I, I said Kines during a conversation with John Carroll, and boy, did I get a talking to about that one. They gave me a virtual wag of the finger and uh, told me in no uncertain terms it's not Kines, it's Kines. So since then, I, I have trained myself dutifully to not say uh K-ness, but Kness I'm still working on Ishii <laughs> I- I'm being I'm, John didn't yell at me they're very cordial about it. it it was all you know <laughs> listen I said Masaaki right there you go so I got one at, at least
2: just think of easy E for Ishii and, and there you go yeah hey, yeah yeah real motherfucking G's
3: wow <laughs> you sure said that <laughs>
2: Any, anyway,
1: <laughs> we played Yokosuka's theme, and now we've just played Kineska's theme, and wouldn't you know it...
3: Time for the best song in the history of the it's world. It's
1: time for their tag team theme, because they are a tag team called Kineska. Their theme is by Top Gun, the band, not the movie, and it's called Kazuna. Kizuna. I'm going to eschew talking about the music here. It's your typical rock and roll goodness. Off, oh, all good. I want to focus on the lyrics because Kaneska, they've been teaming on and off since 2003. So they have quite the history together and and quite the bond. And the lyrics really drive home the point of just how close Kness and Yokosuka are. Uh, The title alone, Kizuna, uh, is Japanese for bonds, as in the things that tie us together. And, And the verses and the chorus are all about the bonds of friendship and having a partner by your side. Keep in mind, this is Google Translate, So it's not perfect, (laughs) by any means, but you've got lines like, "...friendship never going to disappear while holding hope in the chest." The two powers are unlimitedly screaming, like a burning scream, two hearts. Or something like this line, which is, "...our way of life, I must fight. We can feel this bond. You must fight. We must fight." It's all very direct and getting across the strength of the partnership and the bonds that hold a team together and hold a friendship together. That's what Kineska have and have had for for many years at this point.
3: It's legitimately one of my favorite songs ever. Like, not just wrestling themes, it's one of my favorite songs. It's just so fucking epic. And also, kind of tying into my experience being a newer fan of Dragon Gate, Kineska are a theme, are a theme, are a team, sorry that had most of the, their glory days before I became a fan. So I didn't really get to follow them when they were using that theme a lot. Now that they were you know, part of the jimmies and didn't really team just the two of them very often, I came to associate that theme with like special occasions because I discovered their previous and uh, most acclaimed work as a team um, retroactively, rather than following it um, over the months and the years. So when I get to hear it now, in current Dragon Gate, that I've been following over the months and the years that I've been watching, I really associate it with a special moment, something that should be really appreciated and cherished. And I, so, you know, it's a song that fills me, fills me with a lot of good vibes and happiness and, um, and strength, and just kind of makes me feel like I can, could slay a dragon, you know? <laughs> or a two-headed wolf.
2: Or Shingo Takagi.
3: Exactly. So yeah, it's. Um, I think it's amazing. I love the vocals so much. When when it goes just uh, in the chorus, uh, belts out at the end is so freaking yeah. epic and. Oh, sorry. Such a great song that I love so much.
2: I'm in lockstep here with Milo because for me this transcends being just a great wrestling theme song. I think it's just a great song, period. You can take this song and you can play it in any style with any type of instrumentation. I still think it'd be amazing. And I think that's the power of a strong melody and strong chord progressions. And I mean, this song's just fucking bursting with strong melodies. I think it's probably one of the top catchiest wrestling themes that I've ever heard. And I mean, that chorus, I don't know one word of this song, but again, that does not stop me. From singing the song at the top of my lungs in the car. I mean, it's it's just and then reading the translated lyrics, like like Andrew brought up, it just makes it even more beautiful,
3: so would you say that you identified Kineska as a romantic relationship?
2: You know, I would have to after reading the lyrics. I mean, thank you can't you. not. I mean, two powers are unlimitedly screaming like a burning scream, two hearts. I mean, fuck. I mean that's that's the most romantic shit I've ever heard in my life. So mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you. My experience with this song is that, It'll play and then repeat, 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 yeah. repeat, repeat, and then I just fucking put the phone on repeat because I can't stop. It's just you it's know. an all day thing when this song comes on. I can't stop listening to it. It's just it has to. I have to hear it over and over and over. So yeah, when
1: that when that chorus hits, it's hard to not get goosebumps when you hear it, especially you know just just the way it's structured. The na and when it hits the crescendo at the end, the two ha, it's like ah. Fuck yeah, baby. Fuck yeah.
3: Chris, you said you have it on your phone in your rotation and everything. Has it ever happened to you that you're you have your, your music on shuffle, you're walking down the street, that intro kicks in. Yep. And you just you just kinda of start feeling like you're in a fucking like epic medieval fantasy about to like ride <laughs> on a dragon to kill a, a yes. fucking yes. giant stone monster or whatever, I
4: don't
3: know. Exactly. <laughs> when that intro, I swear to God, when that intro kicks in, I become an x men Like, I get super
1: happy. Without hope, the, the evil will conquer the world. There is there is no more saviors left. No,
2: we have two. We have Kineska.
3: Exactly. That's, <laughs> that is exactly what
2: it is. And speaking of that intro, remind anyone else of Crazy Train? Ah, yeah. I'm with you there on that on that one, Chris. Yes. It's a ver- very similar riff.
1: There's also a big match version of this theme available on Open the Music Gate Unit History 1999 to 2014. It's by Yoshifumi Ushima. So let's hear a little bit of that. The song remains pretty much the same. There's some production differences kind of here and there, some extra flourishes of the synth peppered in throughout. Uh, It's mostly the same, though. This one, though, does have, of course, the special intro and outro as well. It's the main melody played on a harpsichord, which is pretty cool because, personally, it reminds me of Kojima's theme.
2: Ah. (laughs) Yeah. For me, I mean, the song's already perfect, but it's always fun to hear, like, a new mix or an alternate version of a song you love, especially uh, for a big match version. The cool thing about this one is... It's just so much more metal. The rhythm guitars are heavier, and uh, especially the drums, and a lot of double bass. And a sweet, sweet harmony guitar solo, and I love me a harmony guitar solo, so <laughs> that really, the, it ticks all my boxes, and uh, it's a small touch, but there's a little one-bar bridge with some like EDM-style drums after the solo, and to me, it, it makes for a nice little reference, whether intentional or not, to Knesset's theme. It brings it full circle for me and puts a little stamp on it, and I think it's awesome.
1: Up next is the singles theme for Genki Horaguchi, a.k.a. Genki Horaguchi H-A-G-Me. It's by Kohei, and it's called Go to Heaven H-A-G-Me Mix. H-A-G-Me. This is the remixed version of Horiguchi's theme that he had before the Jimmy's, Go To Heaven by Kohei, and it's been jimmy So you have the H-A-G-me, do-do-do-do-do-H-A-G-me chants throughout the song, which I suppose of the individual Jimmy themes that we've played so far, this is the one that has the most singability amongst the fans. You can't really sing along to Yokosuka's theme or Kinesse's theme, but everyone can do the H.A. Jimmy chant.
3: I wanted to say this also when we were talking about his um, vocal version of the Jimmy's theme. It's something that I love about Genki is that in a, you know, you you always have a leader in a unit. And I feel like with the Jimmy's, you have kind of two types of leaders. I always saw Susumu as like the um, kind of like the captain of the team when it's when it's time to kind of go into battle, but Genki is the for me is the true leader of the group, and it's weird because Susumu was the one who was there from the start with Kagetora, but Genki really grew into the real kind of ringleader. He's the you know, the ringmaster, he's the one who's like, come on, come on, ladies and gentlemen, we are the Jimmies, and we are here to entertain you. This is, that's that's how I see Genki.
1: He's the heart and soul of the group, I think. The emotional core that pulls people in the most.
3: And he's always the one who gets most emotional whenever something big happens with the Jimmies, whether it's positive or negative. He's mm. always the one that the camera zooms in and no matter what happens, he's crying.
4: Which <laughs> <laughs> is
3: extremely relatable.
4: Course. <laughs>
3: but yeah, so I think it makes sense that he's the one who has the theme that you can really sing along to, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can already sing along to "Go to Heaven" and "Go to Hell," but this one with you know the add the added H A G me stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's um to lead the crowd. He's a, he's I mean he's a magnet. It's impossible to watch Genki Horiiuchi and not be drawn in by him. The so I feel like it's um uh, it's only normal that he has the theme that's the Very catchiest yeah. to sing along to.
1: Very appropriate, yeah. I, of course, after the whole you know H A G me chants, everything else is just nuts. Yeah, you know it's the crazy guitars, the crazy synths, the very dramatic vocals. We light up the skies, going to have it's all you know very par for the course of Dragon Gate. I think in terms of the like, like, like we mentioned, of course, the metal ravey sort of combination there, but adding the whole H A G me next to it, that just it, it grounds it with the fans. I think. You know, it makes you, more, it makes you more emotional.
2: It's fucking genius. And you would think that it's a no-brainer to incorporate a chant into a theme song. Yeah. But the stroke of brilliance as to emulating the fans clapping their hands and just doing that with a snare drum. The ca 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 It's brilliant. And it's a stroke of brilliance. And this is really, to me, the only instance that I can think of of this happening in a wrestling theme. So for this, in and of itself, it's on another level for me, because doing that, it just makes it, it's its so easy to chant along to. But, I mean, the song before the chant, before the H A G M E me version, was already a brilliant song. Whether Go to Heaven or Go to Hell, both really cool slices of virtuoso metal, which is, is really huge in a lot of Japanese themes. That kind of just Marty Friedman shred metal yeah. that just works so well and it has such a great aesthetic and the cool thing is you also have a synth run that goes along with everything that is both ascending and descending at the same time so you could say that the synth run is basically going to heaven and going to hell at the same time Ooh. which musically it that. just fits like a fucking glove it's amazing and then you have those breakdowns after the main sections the Me breakdowns and that's really just the stuff that dreams are made of and Ripping guitar solos all over the place. Just ton of great lead guitar work. Just metal as fuck. And if you want an even darker slice of this, then listen to Go to Hell, because that's even darker and even more metal. And Geki Horiguchi, by the way, again, a treasure, and I love him. Mm-hmm. Bringing up, again,
1: the whole H-A-G-me thing, First of all, I can't stress enough, that is a Hall of Fame level pun right there from Kiki Horiguchi, because for those that are not aware, Kiki Horiguchi started losing his hair early in his career, and the fans started chanting H-A-G-E at him, because Hage is the Japanese word for bald. So that's, I gotta say, it's a clever way to incorporate Jimmy into his name, and also reference the whole H-A-G-E thing that is part of his persona. What's cool to think about too is the fact that he could easily have gone with Jimmy Horaguchi or Jimmy Genki, but he went with Genki Horaguchi H-A-G-Me. And that's another example of the Jimmys being this like safe zone for people. Like, yes, Horaguchi's hairline is <laughs> it's horrendously bad, but his baldness is what makes him a Jimmy. And being a Jimmy is, is a-okay. So it all ties in together in this like neat multicolored bow. How it all works together is really cool.
3: Yeah, really. The, the, that's the amazing thing about the Jimmys is that they've always been about turning weaknesses into strengths.
1: Exactly. One more thing for me, and this is just for you, Chris. <laughs> the, the lead singer of this, See light of the skies go to ha- he sounds kind of like a higher in pitch Dave Mustaine to me. <laughs> He's got that kind of nasally thing going for Dave. Do, do you know do you know what I mean there? Japanese Dave? <laughs> like like a younger like a younger Japanese Dave Mustaine perhaps. Konnichiwa
2: me. You meet the real me. <laughs> Are you okay?
1: It, it's a metal thing. Okay. It's a heavy metal thing. D- don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Our next Jimmy is Rio Saito, aka Rio Jimmy Saito. His theme is by Sutomo Toya and it's called Dragonfly. Another instrumental here, and I don't have much to say about it. But what I do have to say about it may sound like an insult at first, but I don't mean it that way at all. Because this song sounds like it came straight out of the '80s to me. Mm-hmm. Everything from the guitar tones to those those keyboard accents, as ah, and the intro there to the the main keyboard melody and the and the hook sounds like like the fake horns in like every '80s song. <laughs> It all screams 80s to me, but again, not an insult because I love me some 80s rock. And there's some excellent music here, some excellent guitar work. Now that I think about it, actually, it's it's either 80s rock or a casino level in an old video game, you know, is, is that kind of that that sound to me.
3: I really, really, really love this theme. Again, kind of like Kinesis theme, it's a theme that I wish I could hear more often. You know, like, when I'm watching Dragon Gate, because I can, I can hear it whenever I want, and I have it on my computer. When I'm watching Dragon Gate, this is a theme that I wish I could hear more often, and I this, and it's also why... The music is a lot of the reason why I love King of Gate.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Because
3: in King of Gate, you can hear all the themes that you love. Yeah. It's funny because when you look at Ryo Saito, you wouldn't necessarily envision him having a theme like this. I mean, c- current Rio Saito, you know, in the Jimmys, You'd be more likely to think that he has a theme kind of like, kind of like Genkis, you know? Yeah. Because they are they are kind of the the, the comedic duo, right, of the Jims. At least I think so. As you know, they were a super fun tag team through all of their iterations. I love their heel work. You you would, would kind of when you see some of the goofy stuff that Saito does, you would kind of imagine him having a more kind of family friendly theme. Uh, kind of like Genki, but he always kept, you know, Dragonfly as his theme and um, it's one thing that I love because as much as I love fun-loving and family-friendly Ryo Saito, I love serious Ryo Saito even more. And I really always love it when you're watching like a Jimmy's Triangle Gate title match that he's involved in because you can always Kind of tell the moment when he kicks it into the next year and becomes kind of well, my favorite Rio Saito is Suplex Machine Rio Saito. That yeah, when he mm. turns the Suplex Machine on, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, this is my guy!" And um, I'm glad that the the theme is here to remind you that Big Match Saito is real and he exists and he mm. is among us. Yeah, it's it's uh, another th- another thing that I would describe as epic, not quite as much as Kizuna, but it's. Um, a reminder that he's not here to play. He's here to win.
2: That's true. And he, and he will occasionally hit the cycling yahoo. That'll occasionally happen.
3: Sometimes. Occasionally. Sometimes.
2: Man, there's there's a lot of riffs going on here. There's a lot of keyboards going on here. Kind of like Andrew, I'm I'm going to say something and I don't mean it in a pejorative sense at all, but this to me, my interpretation, my take on this is that it sounds kind of like early 90s production music that's still kind of trapped in the 80s so like stock music from a production library that would have been in like a children's vhs tape about firefighters (laughs) and yes i and yes i'm referring to a specific vhs tape
4: that i may or may may not (laughs) still
2: own it and watch it on occasion when i'm feeling extra nostalgic but that's anywho it's just (laughs) it's delightful you have the really cheesy horns which sound like they came from like an old 80s Roland synthesizer. There's a lot of really cool riffing and a great lead guitar melody that comes in around one minute in. When that lead comes in, oh man, I'm I'm thriving. I, there, there's a lot here that I really love. And like Milo said, I, I wish that we could hear this more on a live show, you know, watching a show. I, I wish that this was a bit more prevalent. It's just like everything that we've heard so far. They've all been delightful in their own way. And this is no exception.
1: Do you think if Saito changed the name of the move to the Cycling Google, it would, he would hit it more? <laughs> dum bum.
2: Cycling Bing, maybe. <laughs> cycling <laughs> Jeeves. We're horrible. Oh, God. Sorry, Milo. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast, Milo. Cycling
1: Google. Cycling Google. Cycling Bing. Oh God. Who are we? <laughs> Next up is Yasushi Kanda, a.k.a. Jimmy Kanda. This theme is by our old buddy, Akma. This is Kickstart the Elephant. Okay, story time here. I was taking notes for these various themes, and I had my earbuds in, nice and snug, and I clicked play on the song, and as you, the audience, just heard there from the intro, the song starts with a stinger, and the stinger is the most frightening (laughs) elephant sound that I've ever heard in my life. It legit made me jump, and I was lying down in bed. I because we've all heard the stock elephant noise in every movie and TV show or radio show ever. That It's just that, you know, stock elephant noise. This elephant sounds like it's in severe pain.
2: Well, it's just been kickstarted by Jimmy Conda, so... I know. It's
1: been kickstarted. Maybe it's been attacked by hunters. Maybe it's giving birth to something. I, I, I don't know. It, it was so jarring. It was so jarring, to say the least, but... Chris, we've seen this before with ACMA. Yes. Because ACMA loves the animal stinger. On the Blood Generation theme, Follow Your Generation, Acid Alkaline Bloody trip Mix, that has a horse neighing as the stinger. So ACMA is pretty fond of, of, of using the animals. Now as far as the theme goes, safe to say that this is the grittiest theme on our list. No fun keyboards, no ravey, no ravey energy, no no swathy sins, no rave beats, no just, just just straight up toughest nails rock and roll. Singer, guitar, bass, drums, and this level of grittiness makes sense for Konda, I think, because from what I've read, he spent the majority of his career as a heel. So to have a theme like this, which is very, you know, angry and, and gritty and kick, start, kick, start, the yellow bank, kick. So it all makes sense for, for Konda.
3: This is such um, an apropos thing to talk about because Kanda literally just turned heel. Yes. Everybody was like, oh, the Yasushi Konda, the traitor, I hate you, Kanda, whatever, whatever. First of all, everybody knows that I'm a, a huge vanilla baby and I love baby faces and I will always root for the baby faces. And also, I hate reserve. But <laughs> to me, I mean, if any one of the Jimmys was going to turn heel, Come on, it had to be... I mean, I thought it was going to be Tora, but it makes so much sense for it to be Kanda. It's in his blood, that's who he is. He is one of the most iconic heels in the, dragon, in the history of the Dragon System. And those years taken off his career did not change that. You know, he's... Um, I get really emotional talking about Kanda. He's my favorite Jimmy, he's one of my favorite Dragon Gate guys. And I can't wait to, to see where this new hero on takes him. But this theme is perfect for him. I think it just fits him so well. And you know, Mike from Open the Voice Gate and I, we have this running gad that Kanda is the perfect friend to bury a body with. <laughs> like he would help you. He would watch, he would watch people and he would like pass you all the tools that you need. This song feels like what would be playing over a movie scene of Two people who just committed a crime and are driving away in their getaway. Car. Does it not sound like that?
1: It does. It does. What I'm imagining is, let's say you've killed someone by accident or, or on purpose, whatever. You've you got a body in front of you. Conda comes over, helps chop up the body. Now, do you put the body parts in the big blue crate? <laughs> yes. I imagine you do. That's what it's of course. Here for. Of course. I'm just listen. There's a lot of moving parts here. Okay. I mean, you gotta gotta plan this stuff out here. So, uh, Conda. Uh,
3: be talking,
1: I mean, look, if it's if it's Ryota Hama, you're gonna need a bigger crate. <laughs> if it's like, I don't know, horn swaggle, hey, pretty small crate there.
3: They don't have to
1: chop him off. Oh, exactly, just put him in there. He's pre-chapped, yes.
3: No, but like, you gotta take in, you know, everything. What are we talking like? Are we talking like 5'10? Yeah, a, sta-
1: a standard height.
3: Standard. So are we talking Shingo right here? Because I would definitely chop it up. <laughs>
1: Ugh, where are we? Where are we?
3: <laughs> See, this uh, is the Open the Voice Gate curse. Every podcast that we get on, you always end up getting sidetracked.
1: Chris, save us, please. Uh, your thoughts on Kickstart the Elephant.
2: Well, I love Milo's description of this being the getaway scene in a movie. A movie perhaps directed by John Woo, maybe? <laughs> Ba-dum-bum. A lot of these themes have leaned more towards metal, but this one, I think this is punk rock as shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Conda, Just like Kanda, And one of the coolest Dragon Gate themes ever, and much like Kazuna, I think completely works outside of a wrestling context. Like, like Milo said, it could be in a movie, or it could just be just a really cool song by a cool band. Mm. Great job out of Akma for this one. Much like Milo, I've always had a special place in my heart for Jimmy Conda. One of the first Dragon Gate matches that I actually watched when I started following it regularly, like the first show that I decided I'm jumping into this promotion because it looks great. Like the first match on that show was Jimmy Conda versus Flamita. Ever since then, I've just loved this dude. I think it was the pants. I really (laughs) had to, I think it was the pants that did it for me initially. And I'd like to track down a pair of those pants and wear them as pajamas. Look very comfy. They look they look so comfortable. Like how could you I know. Like that's the thing. He has to change his gear now because how could you be a heel wearing those pants? Is well he just, changed mm. it.
4: They're
3: just red now.
2: They're red now? Uh, oh, okay. The international color for heels. And maybe a different material too, because those those blue pants just look so comfortable. Mm.
3: I have a friend who calls them his Dragon Ball pants. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
2: but I I love Jimmy Conda and I'm going to say that he's my favorite Jimmy as well just because of that just from right from the get go of me really diving into Dragon Gate he was the guy that I was like well this is awesome and he does a cool little drop kick and yells John Woo how can you not love this guy
3: have you have you seen a much um, of his heel work?
2: I've seen a few matches. There's
3: a you know there's a, a deep a hatred that runs deep in Dragon Gate fandom for Deep Drunkers.
2: Oh yes,
1: uh, John mentioned this quite a bit. Soft
3: spot in my heart for that unit for just for the sole fact that Kondo was a part of it and he looked really fucking good. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, Deep Drunkers was pretty abysmal, but but Kondo was pretty cool in it.
1: Now, um, kickstart the elephant. As I said last time, Chris, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I I guess since the elephant is a really big creature that tramples things, Kanda wants to kickstart the elephant in himself and trample his opponents
2: on his way to the top, perhaps?
3: It doesn't need to mean anything. What does Legend Falconry mean?
2: What does Dress for Excellence Pyramid mean? That we just don't know. It's, it's a mystery. Yeah.
3: You know, it's been two years and I'm still not exactly able to pinpoint what Yamato Spirit is.
2: It, it's, oh, it's something. I, it's,
3: I've long given up on trying to interpret uh, Dragon Gate.
2: Lyrics, titles. Just
3: the names, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I still have two more themes to go with names that I don't understand either. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a recurring theme, yeah. <laughs> the second to last Jimmy. To talk about is Kagatora, aka Jimmy Kagatora. This is another track by Yohei, and it's called Strike Still Rounder. A little song technically great instrumental got a great you know guitar little line there da, una, da, na, ba, ba, ba. great synth there as well it does incorporate some of the more traditional Japanese instruments in there like uh, the string instrument and the flute as well so it has I think some stuff in common with Taka's theme Yamato Suite 4 sure, in that yeah. regard definitely similar vibes I there I
3: wish Kagetora's theme yeah. started like Taka <laughs>
1: we don't get Kagatora is coming motherfucker. <laughs> <the> <laughs> 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 but why not? <laughs> we can
2: dream. That- Yohei, get on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: we, we can all dream about it. But uh, great little song. Uh, Milo, thoughts on the oddly named Strike Still Rounder?
3: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And again, song I wish I could hear more often. That I thankfully can hear more often now that Kat- that Katatora has a title. But yeah, I think it fits in pretty well. Because Katatora is probably the most kind of serious member of the Jimmies, You know, they they, they were all pretty silly guys, but Caliatora was kind of like, um, this is how I like to interpret the Jimmies, okay? So you've got kind of, um, I think this is a, an expression that you guys use in English, uh, cul-de-sac, with like little houses at the end of a, a loop street.
2: Cul-de-sac, yeah. I mean, it's French,
3: so it seems I can, I can say that how I
1: can, want Yeah, fine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so you got that, right? And you got all yep. these little houses, and you all have all these single single fathers. And these single fathers are the Jimmys, and they're all this, about the same age, like, late 30s, early early 40s. And then you have this new single dad that's way younger, that just moved in. And he's kind of, like, getting in with the shenanigans, but he's also like, what the fuck are these old men doing? That's Torah in the Jimmys. <laughs> this was a very long-winded analogy, and I it. <laughs> but, you know, he always kind of seems like um, he never really felt out of place, of course. He, I mean, he wasn't original Jimmy. He was very much a vital part of the unit for, for all of its run, uh, bar you know, the year or so that he was out with uh, his injury. But um, he's still kind of the more serious side of the unit. And I think this is a theme that reflects it. Yes, I did all this analogy just to say that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I, I just want to confess to something. It's literally the plot of Dream Daddy. I,
1: I, I, in my mind, I was like, is this some, like, Dream Daddy thing I've been hearing about, but.
3: It, it is literally j- the plot of Dream Daddy.
1: It, there you go. There you go. I was going to say it, but I figured, you know what, I'll, I'll give my the benefit of the doubt here. I was wrong. This
3: hasn't ever worked out in
2: any way. I, I was wrong. It is Dream Daddy. <laughs> it was very apt, though. It was very good. Chris, uh, your thoughts on uh, this theme? There was a time when this was my most listened to wrestling theme. I would just, I don't know why, but I would just keep it on repeat in the car, during workouts, whatever. There was just something about it at a certain point in time, especially when I was starting to track down a lot of Dragon Gate music. And I think it's also interesting that it is the first theme that we've talked about here that has any distinctly Japanese elements to it, which for me, does it goes a long way in adding that level of seriousness? And as Milo's mentioned, yeah, he, he is, is. Yeah, he's he's the, the more samurai
3: of
4: superiority.
2: He is. He's he's the the most stoic of the bunch. And another really 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 strong main melody. I think that's the overarching theme here. Very strong melodies, very catchy, and very easy to get into and easy to remember.
3: I think I think what I what I really love about the Jimmys, and I think a recurring thing that I've said is that all of their themes fit them very well. It's a thing where you can kind of compare that to younger wrestlers where, look at Lindemann, for example. Lindemann, as a wrestler, had a, a, I mean, I love his theme so much, but he hasn't used it once since he joined Berserk because it just doesn't fit.
2: Yeah, he definitely can't use that now. (laughs)
3: It, It just doesn't fit. The jimmies, because they're a collection of misfits, because they don't necessarily follow one single theme, they all got to keep the themes that we knew, you know, they they got remixes, they got maybe modernized versions, but they they've had the same for so long because they have such strong identities. A guy like man that's only been around for a couple of years, you could change his theme, you can take his theme away. He's still building that identity. But the Jimmys, they have strong presences, they have strong identities, they have that history, they have those themes that they that are so strongly identified with them, and they still manage to all fit together, and you, like, you can't you can't take go to heaven slash go to hell away from Genki Horiguchi for the sake of a unit. You can take Kickstart the Elephant away from from Konda for the sake of a unit. The way that they took um, Linda's theme away from him because it doesn't fit the theme of reserve
2: yeah and you also can't give those to anyone else either right they wouldn't work they're tied into the dna of of those wrestlers
3: exactly and uh and even though Katatora is not as deeply rooted in dragon gate history as the others his theme still fits into so well and is so associated with him and with his style and who he is that you can't change it even if it seems too serious for the jimmy's
1: the final theme on our list is for Naoki Tanazaki, aka. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you do it! I, I got it. All right. Mr. QQ Naoki Tanizaki Toyonaka Dolphin. Yay! and Hooray! And if you're wondering why the fuck does he have that name, it's a long story involving T-Hawk and penguins. It's a whole big to-do. <laughs>
3: Sounds like a dream. A whole story involving T-Hawk and penguins.
1: I know. Go read Michael Spears' article. He explains the whole thing. The artist is Eno Head Park, and the theme is Shining Wave, Casanova Bomber Fire. at the very beginning, we established that the Jimmies were a very positive group, very upbeat, very happy, and their unit theme was very much the same way. This is not that. This is the opposite of that. This is like the anti-Jimmy's song, where instead of being fun and joyful, it's angry and violent. From the first second, when that deep bass note hits, that bow, you know some heavy heavy shits about to go down and it does like people are chanting fight fight there's a siren in the background the music is as violent and wild and crazy as it gets much more so than the jimmy's music is there's guttural shouting they even corrupted the jimmy's oi 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 where instead of it being like quick and fun like a soccer chant it's slow and menacing like
0: oi oi
1: oi it's so pounding I mean, for, for, for Pete's sake, the song ends with a maniacal laugh. I mean, I mean, <laughs> no wonder Tanizaki betrayed the Jimmies. I mean, not to say I don't like the song, because I do. I like it a lot. But it's such a stark contrast with the happiness of the Jimmys theme. That's what makes it stand out, I think. Of the themes that we have here, this is the one I think that stands out the most from the main Jimmys theme. On one spectrum we have We Are Jimmies. The we have, you know, bring the pain that I got. It's it's very, very different.
3: I can't remember if it's only in the English language version or if it's in both versions. But at some point, there's literally just a kind of guttural voice repeating, I want more pain.
1: Yes, that's, that's the English version. Give me more pain, pain, pain,
3: Like It's uh yeah, it's a heavy song, but I really, really love it. This song I feel is kind of like Kizuna in a way that you can listen to it totally outside of a wrestling contest and it fits in amazingly well. You know, Tanizaki was one of my first favorite wrestlers in Dragon Gate. He's a guy that really jumped out at me so fast. One thing that I love is that he's kind of a wild, unpredictable wrestler. He loves his knee strikes, uh, he's quick on his feet, um, he's a little unhinged. God, I- hate using that word in a wrestling context. I always think of Dean Ambrose. I hate it, but it fits, you know? And so I always kind of feel like, um, this song really reflects who he is. And th- this is, again, the recurring theme of this Jim's episode is really how well their songs fit their personalities. And, uh, this, this song fits Tanizaki
2: really, really, really well. And,
3: uh, yeah, it's, you're, you're right. It's no wonder he betrayed the James when this is a, what's going on in his brain
2: <laughs> there's been a lot of metal that we've we've heard today but open up the fucking circle pit for this one <laughs>
3: <laughs> the guitar in this song goes
2: a little crazy it oh yeah there is there's a sick sick guitar solo i and I, f- I feel like i've said this for every song but there there's really a lot of it's true. a lot of great lead guitar work going on and I would just like to point that out because, because man, it, it's very, as, as someone who listens to a, a shit ton of metal, it's just, it's really cool to hear such great authentic metal in a pro wrestling context. Now, this theme, there was an earlier version of it released on the Dragonstorm album in 2005, and it sounds it sounds much different, but still the same basic theme. This version, though, just takes it to a whole new level. You have crazy synths going all over the place, layering with the guitar melodies, and you have great vocals, great, excellent vocals, and like I said, a sick guitar solo, but those fight chants, if that doesn't doesn't get you ready to watch a professional wrestling match, I really don't know what will. I love this theme, and I miss Tanizaki. I mean, since he's hasn't been working Dragon Gate, I just want his presence around. I, I like him a lot. He's a, another guy that I gravitated towards immediately because of his ridiculous name when I first started watching. <laughs> that is very that is very fun to say. It's also fun to hear Andrew say it. I, I, I aced <laughs> it. You did, you did right. well. You did well. <laughs> you
4: did. I'm very proud. I did well.
1: Thank you. Gold star for me. Isn't it interesting, though, that the two Jimmy's members that have aggressive lyrics in their songs... Kanda and Tanizaki, those were the ones who turned on the jimmies. Mm.
3: Yeah, and they, they also, like i it's, um, again, ties into their songs fitting them as characters is they're right. the ones that really have the history of being wild, violent heels, because they were mm. both warriors and deep drunkards together. And, you know, Kanda has that added history of being, you know, a history part of M2K, um, but they were, you know, in more recent Dragon Gate history, they were in those kind of... Um, Yes,
2: yeah. the writing's on the wall
1: so that was our musical tribute to the jimmies you know it's always tough when a tag team or a stable that you love breaks up but it's always important to celebrate the life as well as mourn the death the two I think are very important to do the jimmies they've given people plenty of great matches great memories some great music to boot and in that regard I think they'll they'll be in our hearts forever and forever and now that I've gotten my, you know, sappy, cliched spiel out of the way, uh, do you guys have any final thoughts on the Jimmys before we wrap up?
3: It's, it's going to be very, very weird, like very, very weird to go forward into Dragon Gate not having them around and not, not hearing Jimmy any satisfaction anymore. I think that's, that's what a lot of people are going to miss is that on a, on a Dragon Gate show, no matter how dire the situation, no matter how dastardly the heels you always had that moment where Jimmy's satisfaction hits and you had a respite from all of that. Well, except for like really serious matches. But, you know, when it's a, like a predatory show or something, or it's just a title match, you, you really kind of, it's a little bright spot, you know? The next unit that is going to be born out of that has huge shoes to fill. The biggest, the biggest shoes ever, basically, because they were, you know, these are guys that were already so iconic before the Jimmys. You know, Susumu Horiguchi, Konda, Saito, Kines. They're guys that are have been instrumental in putting Dragon Gate on the map. Kaito and Tanizaki are guys that you know, even though they haven't always been here, they haven't always been Dragon Gate, and they haven't they had they, they don't have the same importance. But they became important through their association with the jimmies, they also became beloved. I think uh, Karitora's popularity really stems a lot from being in the jimmies. And even though, you know, Tanizaki was uh, always flip-flopping a little bit, he was still a, an important an important part. And you, you look at that unit, you look at the changes, that, the formation, you know, recruiting Konda, Horiguchi, and Saito, getting Kines back, and then almost immediately losing Tanizaki. They've gone through everything a unit could possibly go through. And they never felt stale in their five years' existence. There was never a moment where you kind of felt like, oh, I wish the Jimmies didn't exist. You could say, oh, I wish this one individual member was not in the Jimmies, but you didn't feel the way that I feel about Berserk or the way that a lot of people feel about Tribe Vanguard, We kind of feel like this unit should not exist. It's um, They were such an integral part of the Drangate landscape, and they did so much. They provided so much Entertainment, so much joy, so many great moments that you know it's uh, it's it's gonna be before Jimmy's and after Jimmy's, the eras of Dragon Gate, and I'm really gonna miss hearing Jimmy and his satisfaction. I really
4: am.
2: Milo said it all and said it beautifully. There's really you know not a whole lot more that that I can say. I haven't been watching a lot of wrestling in the latter part of this year, and the things that I made sure I watched were that unit disbands match and then the Jimmy's final match on the last coworking because it's that important to me. Even when I'm in a, in in a, in a phase of, of not watching wrestling for whatever reason it might be, I know that I, I need to watch that because I would really, I would feel awful if I, if I missed it, if I didn't see that because Jimmy's have been an important part of what has been an important company for me in the last few years of my wrestling fandom. So I am definitely going to miss them, but I will always remember how happy I was waking up obscenely early in the morning to watch Dragon Gate and just be so happy that the Jimmys were there and added to that experience so much and were so important to the whole thing. So I will miss them, but I'm very thankful for all of the memories and for that experience.
1: Well said, both of you. Well said. I, I know, uh, like I said you know earlier... My connection to the Jimmies is very sparse, but given what you guys feel about them, I'm I'm glad they were around, because if they can make my friends happy, then they're okay in my book. (laughs) Well, that does it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Before we go, Milo, you are our guest co-host. We'll let you do the honors. Any plugs you want to give out, go right ahead.
3: Well, I am on Open the Voice Gate, as you know. We release a new episode about once every blue moon.
4: Um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) We try to be better. We try to be better. We actually are going to try to record this weekend on the latest Karakwa, and so that's going to be more crying about the jimmies. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I do right now. I'm kind of a trying to still adapt to the life, so I'm not writing as much, but I am going to try to get back into that. But please listen to Open the Voice Gate if you like Dragon Gate, and if you like a lot of other stuff too, we are the kings of going on tangents. So (laughs) if you enjoy that in your podcast, I'm sure you will uh, love our company.
1: And music of the match, uh, like I said, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, as well as Open the Voice Gate, Voicesofwrestling.com, that's where you'll also find the flagship podcast, Burning Spirits, New Japan Procast, uh, WrestleNomics, Everything Evolves, about uh, 800 other great wrestling podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at AndrewT Rich. Check out the Voices of Wrestling Forums at Voicesofwrestling.com slash forum. That's also where Chris posts the YouTube playlists for each episode. Finally, rate Review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Player.fm, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, It helps us a lot on the ratings. And of course, tell your friends about us. We're always open to getting new people on on the show and on board the Muscular Mystery Tour. Chris, our next episode is another little landmark for us. Episode 20, according to my calendar, episode 20 scheduled to drop on October 31st. So what better way to celebrate Halloween than to do a little music of the mat Halloween scary theme spooktacular? Because wrestling has had its fair share of spooky and scary gimmicks, many of which have spooky and scary themes to go along with them. So we're going to pluck a few themes out of wrestling history and into your earbuds for a creepy, crawly Halloween episode. Chris is going to be frighteningly
2: fun. Oh wait, wait a minute. I thought we were just gonna dedicate the entire episode to the Mino version of the Undertaker's theme. I thought that's what we agreed upon. The ruin the surprise. Oh, oh
1: shh and rest assured, much like The Simpsons, we're gonna have some special Halloween nicknames that I came up with. Oh my god. So it's gonna be me, the boo boobarian, <laughs> and you the scare lord, <laughs> and together we'll be the cower chords of pain. <sighs> Like, get it? Like cowering in fear. What about the candy corns of pain?
3: That is so much better.
1: Damn it! You may have beat me. <laughs> you may have you may you win this round, gadget. But I'll get you next time, uh, Milo. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was a real treat. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure in the future we'll have you on again sometime. Since usually, not always, but usually. When we have guests on, they get a nickname of their own sometimes. I was kind of wrecking my brain trying to come up with one for you, Milo, and I finally did it. So, Milo Martinez, from this moment forth, you shall be known on this podcast as M2Yay.
3: <laughs> you missed the perfect opportunity to make an M2Yay joke. <laughs> Fuck!
1: was is better again.
2: But, but, but the setup was there. It was,
1: I tried. Sorry, Andrew. Podcast over. <laughs> uh, Chris, how about this? As we end the show, as we as we fade away, let's play one more time the Jimmy's theme as a, as a final salute to them. How about that?
2: I think we can do that.
1: For Milo Martinez and for Chris Maffei, I'm Andrew Rich. We'll see you next time on Music of the Match, where everyone is a Jimmy. Take care, guys. All right.
0: これ
2: Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright
0: holders. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may
4: vary for delivery.